What do you believe is the main business of all education? That's the focus of today's episode of Kingdom Currents. Welcome to Kingdom Currents. My name is Glenn Schultz, your host, and today I'm going to try and answer the question, what is the main business of all education? Now, when I use the term education, I'm not just talking about schooling. I'm talking about the entire educational process that a young child goes through. In recent episodes of Kingdom Currents, we've been talking about worldview. And today, in trying to answer this question, I believe we're going to be able to see the connection between worldview and education. When you think of that question, what is the main business of all education?, I think of uh, Kevin Swanson's book, Upgrade, where he gives uh, 10 secrets to the best education for your child. And in that book, he makes the statement that the main business of all education is the communication of ideas. And ideas, all ideas, have consequences. Swanson goes on to explain that if the wrong ideas are communicated to your children, it will certainly have an effect on how they live. However, if the wrong ideas are communicated to a great many children through education and or the media, that could very well undermine our entire civilization. I think Swanson is making a key point there, and we've got to admit that this is what has taken place in our country. We've had wrong ideas communicated to the vast majority of young people through a secular educational system, and it is really undermining our entire society. When you think of education and worldview, I'm reminded of some statements that several authors made, and and I'm going to share these with you, and I put them in a certain order because I believe that they represent a progression that takes place in this whole area of communicating ideas that are taking place in education. The, the first statement is by Nancy Piercy in her book, Total Truth, and she makes this uh, statement. The fear of some God is the beginning of every proposed system of knowledge. Now, when you talk about a proposed system of knowledge, you're just talking about something like a schooling process. Uh, Every parent has a proposed system of knowledge. Churches have that too. It's talking about education. And Piercy is saying that there is some fear of some God in the foundation of any educational system. Uh, When you talk about fear, you're talking about holding something in high esteem, or you reverence it. And and Piercy is getting to the point that there there is some God that that you actually hold in high esteem, that that you admire, that that you greatly uh, desire uh, in your life. Then when you go to another author. This one is uh, the late Neil Postman. Dr. Postman was a secular professor of education, and he wrote a book called The End of Education. And and he makes the statement that behind every educational effort is a pursuit of a God or gods. Here he's saying it doesn't matter where it takes place, but every educational effort of a young child, that there is a pursuit of a God or gods. Now, now put that with Piercy's quote. Piercy says, 
there's a God that we must fear that undergirds all education. And then Postman says, we're going to pursue a God through education. Now, I believe that that's a, an order that takes place. You don't pursue something that you f- don't fear. You've got to hold something in high esteem if you're really going to go and pursue it. We don't pursue things that we consider worthless. Then there were two uh, Australian Christian educators. They wrote a book uh, entitled uh, Transforming the Future. And, and in that book, Lambert and Mitchell make this statement. Every kind of teaching and learning is based upon and oriented by a shared vision of life. Now, now there, when you hear that phrase, a shared vision of life, that's another way of simply saying worldview. It's a shared belief system of life. It's a shared outlook of how we interpret life. And he says every kind of teaching and learning is based upon and oriented by that worldview. But then Lambert and Mitchell say this, and that all people serve some God or gods in their lives. Now think of that in light of what Piercy and Postman said. Piercy said, you've got to fear some God to go and develop an educational system. Uh, Postman says, not, not only do you fear it, but then you pursue it. And then as you pursue these gods, through an educational effort, here Mitchell and Lambert indicate that you end up serving those gods or gods. Then finally, they say this, and in turn, they are transformed into the image of their gods. See, that's the capstone of what Swanson was getting at when he said behind all education is the main business of communicating ideas or worldview. And what we see in this progression uh, between these various authors, that what happens, you set up an educational system because you fear some God. You hold something in high esteem. Then, through education, you pursue that God. You end up serving that God. And in the end, your life is actually transformed into the image of that God. Now, now, when, when you consider all of that, it's just amazing to see where we are in society today. Let's take an example. Uh, our, our grandparents, maybe great-grandparents, they came out of the Great Depression. That was a terrible economic time in our country's history. And the people coming out of that depression never wanted to see their children or grandchildren go through such uh, terrible times as that. So I I think what happened is uh, we started fearing or, or holding in high esteem economic prosperity. And then all of a sudden that started shaping our educational program. And then, according to Postman, not only did we fear it, but we started pursuing economic prosperity. Then we serve it, and now we've been transformed into a materialistic society where it's all about possessions and getting more. In fact, someone has even defined work as the ability to consume more. See, that's the progression so, so when we want to see what worldview is behind a child's education, 
All we have to do is look at that child's life as an adult and, and look and say, well, what uh, God has that adult been transformed into an image of? And whatever that image is, well, that tells you the God that was feared, pursued, and served in that child's educational effort. Now, when you think of some of the gods that are behind education today, uh, some would say that uh, the God that is being pursued by American education today is economic utility. Uh, how how do I advance up the ladder, and how do I gain you know more stature and 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 more economic uh, freedom? Uh, another God that you may think is behind all of this is that God of consumership. You know, the more I get, the more successful I am. Or, or it could be even the God of technology. Uh, how, how can my life become better and simpler by just pursuing economics? It's interesting that Neil uh, Postman, in, in that book where, he, again, remember, he's a secular professor of education, he said for school to make sense, for any school to make sense, the young, their parents, and their teachers must have a God to serve, or even better, several gods. If, if they have none, school is then pointless. Now, now that's a fascinating statement. But, but then uh, Postman goes on and he explains what he means by God. And, and this is where we start tying worldview into education. He said, a God, in the sense I am using the word, is the name of a great narrative. Now, when you talk about a great narrative, what you're really dealing with is a worldview, uh, because that's what a worldview is. It's a, it's a great narrative that overarches all of life and tries to interpret life for us. So we've got to understand that, that Postman, when he refers to a God, and I think Piercy and Lambert and Mitchell are, are doing the same thing, that there has to be a worldview that we first fear, hold in high esteem, think it's worthwhile, and then we've got to pursue that worldview in education. Then we've got to go and uh, serve it, and in turn, we'll be transformed into the image of that God or that worldview. In fact, that's what Jesus said in Luke 6.40, when a person is fully educated, that person will be like his or her teachers, will have seen the worldview that his teachers had feared and pursued and served, and he ends up becoming that. Now, Postman goes on and says that when you talk about a God as a great narrative, a worldview. It's got to have certain characteristics to really have meaning. He says that the worldview that we, we are pursuing in education must have sufficient credibility. It, it's got to be believable. It also has to have sufficient complexity where it answers all of life's questions. And then he says it's got to have symbolic power that you can actually organize your entire life around. Now, now as I started reading Postman and, and hearing this, I'm thinking, wait a minute, 
I only know of one worldview that does that. Could he be talking about that? Well, in his book, he goes on and he says this, education must point to a story. Now, remember, a story is just a narrative, which is a worldview. But he says not any kind of story or not any kind of worldview, but it has to have these characteristics. Listen closely to what Postman writes. He says that the worldview, the story, must be one that tells of origins. How did we get here? It has to envision a future. Where are we going? It has to be a worldview that constructs ideals that that are worthwhile pursuing. It has to provide rules of conduct. What's right? What's wrong? It has to have a source of authority, that this is something that has uh, authority over everything. And above all, it must give a sense of continuity and purpose. Wow. There is only really one worldview that does all of that, and that's the biblical worldview. Postman summarizes all of these statements by saying this, without a narrative, life has no meaning. Uh, Again, without a worldview, life has no meaning. You just wander around. Without meaning, learning has no purpose. See, if, if you don't have a worldview that's shaping everything, learning has no purpose. Without purpose, schools are houses of detention, not attention. If there is not a worldview that, that is going around every single thing that we do, we've got to understand that schools just become houses of detention, that kids go in and, and, and it's sort of teachers follow the three R's, wrote, regurgitate, and reward, and, and kids see no sense of purpose or meaning, and they look at the three S's. They just simply sit, soak, and sour. And that's why we've got to give careful attention, not just to the academics, but what is the worldview behind everything? Even when you think of history, I I can remember reading uh, Charles Colson's book, How Now Shall We Live? And he makes this statement about history. He says, history is a little more than the recording of the rise and fall of the great ideas. He's saying, when you look at history, you see the rise of great ideas or great worldviews or the fall. The, the whole World War II with what Hitler did uh, through Nazi Germany, it, it was the rise of a worldview and the eventual fall of it. And he says that history is that little more than the recording of the rise and fall of great ideas or worldviews that form our values and move us to act. See, all educational efforts are taught within the context of a worldview. Therefore, no education can be spiritually neutral. There are always beliefs, values, and attitudes that are embedded in the foundation of the education and and, and the foundation of all worldviews. It doesn't matter what worldview the teacher has, is that worldview beliefs about the nature of God. One's beliefs about God end up being formed as a result of one education. So what happens, 
a person's education helps shape their worldview, and then that worldview goes and is passed on to the next generation through the educational process again. So we've got to understand how important that is. You know, I think of when you uh, think of people in the past and what they've said. There was a man, Robert L. Dabney. Uh, He was a professor of theology at Union Theological Seminary in Virginia. And in 1897, he put out a a book called Discussions. And in volume uh, four of that Discussions book, he talks about secular education. And he says this. Now, keep in mind that in all education, there's there's a God or a worldview that, that we're going to fear, pursue, serve, and eventually become like that worldview. We'll, we'll be transformed into the image of that God or gods. And, and keep in mind that Swanson said that the main business of all education is the communication of ideas or worldview. Dabney says this, the natural heart is carnal and naturally inclines away from the gospel. To the young person, inspired by his studies, his teacher is often like a god. In a word, to the successful pupil under an efficient teacher, the school is his world. If you make that, the school, his world, godless, his life is made godless. In other words, if there's a wrong worldview behind the education, and that child is so absorbed in the schooling part of education, then guess what? If that is godless, his life will become godless. Ken Ham and Greg Hall, in their book, Already Compromised, makes this statement. When parents and students willingly submit themselves to a teacher, accepting him or her as authoritative, accepting what he or she says is truth, they will become like that teacher. What Ham and Hall are saying is, Luke 640 is a truth. (laughs) That when you go and sit under the, the teaching and instruction of a teacher, you're actually submitting yourselves to that teacher. You're accepting him or her as someone of an authority, and you accept what he or she says is truth, and it ends up shaping your worldview, and you have end up having a worldview just like the teacher. Now, let me also add in here, not just the teacher, also the textbooks. See, textbooks are written by people. People are not neutral. They have a worldview. They have a belief system that they're going to communicate uh, through whatever they write. Uh, When I wrote Kingdom Education and Understanding Kingdom Education, Applying Kingdom Education, uh, my belief system drives everything in there. And so you've got to understand that even as you read my my th- one of my three books on kingdom education, there's a worldview behind it, and, and I pray it was a biblical worldview, and that it'll lead you to truth. But but a secular textbook was written by a person who had a secular worldview, and and sometimes the the basic beliefs and values of that worldview are in there in in such a deceptive way that you don't even see it but yet uh, those those worldview ideas go into the child's mind and take them captive 
Again, if I go back to Swanson's book, Upgrade, he says this, the worldview maintained by those who write the textbooks, the authors, and those who present the curriculum, the teachers, those people's worldviews have a lasting impact on children. So when we've been talking about worldview and, and we realize how few Christians in the United States today have a biblical worldview, we've got to understand that what is probably happening in a child's education at home, in the church, and in school is being driven and being taught in the context of a non-biblical worldview. It could be postmodern. It could be, uh, you know, Marxist. There's a whole host of man-centered worldviews. But that child is probably absorbing a narrative, a, a worldview that goes against the truths of Scripture. So we have got to make sure that, first of all, we develop a biblical worldview, and then we have to make sure that biblical worldview is the foundation. It is the God that we fear, pursue, and serve in the education we give kids in our homes, in our churches, and in our schools. So I want to thank you again for tuning in to Kingdom Occurrence and helping get this uh, podcast out to others. I, I pray that you'll stay tuned uh, to this podcast as we're going to dig a little bit deeper into what are the worldviews that are most influencing uh, our culture in future episodes. But until then, I pray that you will continue developing a biblical worldview and provide the next generation with a kingdom education, one where God reigns in the educational uh, system and the entire process. May God bless you until we meet again next time. I'm Holly Barnes, and I work at Northwest Christian School as the Director of Marketing. I want to tell you about Frameworks. Northwest Christian School has made Biblical Worldview online courses available to all high school students for transcript credit, regardless of whether they attend public school, private school, or homeschool. Frameworks has developed these courses using subject matter experts and curriculum from Summit Ministries, Young Life, Likewise Worship, and many others. For more information, visit BibleClassesForPublicSchools.com.